power on. Now entering the gaming grid. The latest gaming news, reviews, and retro culture, as only the man of tomorrow can deliver. And here is your host, Brian Sodrin. It is time for the Gaming Grid, baby. That's right. New name for an old show. Well, not exactly an old show, but a show that spun out of uh, Sovereign Tech itself uh, because we used to have a segment on the show called Game Talk. Then that became that it continued to be so popular that I was like, you know what? Instead of that taking up more time on Sovereign Tech, let's just turn it into its own goddamn show. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of different ideas that I've had over time for what Game Talk could be. Uh, some of those may still get implemented into the future, but now we are actually rebranding and I, or rebranding, just, just retitling the show. No other differences for now with that. Um, and that is the gaming grid. Uh, one thing that won't be different is that like the past couple months, I won't be able to get into a game review this week, but there is so much to talk about. Got a lot of great response from the most recent episode of gaming grid, which was about Google stadia. And we kind of have a follow-up, uh, to something else. That's not, uh, that, that hasn't changed, which is Apple's complete lack of innovation, despite the fact that everybody claims they are great innovators. So why don't we go right ahead, get right into all this news because there's plenty of it. Some of it, uh, some of it interesting, some of it there, some of it, uh, mm -hmm, and then some of it, woo, let's do this. Uh, and believe me, there is a woo, let's do this at the end of it or at the end of all this news. Uh, I'll save the best for last. And I mean, it is great fucking news in my opinion. So anyway, talking about Apple, Apple arcade at their recent event or somewhat recent event. This is March 25th. So almost a month ago, um, that Apple, and I'm glad that I waited to do gaming grid, uh, this month. Um, if at some point I'll get these shows on some kind of regular schedule, but I like them having a degree of flexibility because that way they can take advantage of announcements, um, that happen in, in the gaming world. I mean, they happen every second, just as they do in the tech world, but you know, where you can get the kind of the latest stuff and, and you don't, I can rest on stories a little bit and find out the reality more. Um, but anyway, so Apple announced at their March 25th event, they announced Apple arcade, which is a subscription service for uh, games available on iOS and I guess Mac, because now Mac and I mean, well, we've known this for a while. We've talked about this on Sovereign Tech, uh, you know, how Mac and iOS apps are really kind of merging and they're, they're, they're planning on that. So Apple Arcade is really going to be something available, I imagine, even on Apple TV across Apple devices. That is certainly uh, the goal. Now, the interesting thing is it's not it's not a like a cloud playing service, as I understand it, much like Google Stadia is. Um, but it is a subscription service. Well, here, let me, let me read from, uh, from big tie here over at Apple during the event. This is his exact quote. This is the world's first gaming subscription service for mobile desktop and living room. So that tells you where they're going with it. However, I mean, let, let you know, Ty is, is wrong here that this is the world's for, I mean, well, okay. He's not exactly wrong for him to say desktop. Okay, then this becomes true, but he would he has to include the word desktop because 
a gaming subscription service for mobile and the living room already existed under Amazon Underground. Uh, Amazon Underground, you know, allowed you to pay a flat fee or even to not even pay a fee. And you could play whatever game you wanted and like that would Amazon would effectively pay the developers through that. Uh, I mean, so gaming, you know, again, and, and this is just we'll get this out of the way right now. Apple didn't innovate here at all. Amazon innovated. You know, uh, I mean, they, and I'm not even saying it's an innovation, like a game subscription service. I mean, fuck, if you want to really get saucy on this one, this is what Sega Channel was, right? <laughs> you know, back in the 90s, this is this is exactly what, what, what Sega was doing, where, you know, through a cable service, you could pay a fee and you got the Sega Channel and you could play games on Sega Channel. You could play Sonic, you could play whatever. Even before Sega Channel, you had the Famicom in Japan, where you could play like Zelda games over satellite and all this stuff. I mean, they had to be really particular with how they're saying this is the first. They had to say mobile, desktop, and living room um, because it sure as fuck isn't the first one for living room. It sure as fuck isn't the first one for mobile. I guess it's kind of the first one for desktop. Kind, I mean, it's it's not singularly the first one for desktop because even uh, or EA Origin All Access, right, would, would be one of the first for desktop. I know there have been others. Um, so, but one that does, that encapsulates all that, okay, fine, you're first then. But then you're really not innovating. You just happen to make it available on more screens, fuck nut. You know, I mean, like, oh, Apple. <laughs> they, they drive me up a fucking wall because they talk like they do such big shit and they're doing, they're really doing nothing or at least nothing new. I mean, it's nice you're making it avail- available to the Apple faithful. Um, and look, you know, I want these kinds of services to be out there. That's fine. I'm, I'm not, not, or I'm not saying I want, I shouldn't say that. I don't want these kinds of services to be out there. As a retro gamer, I don't. But it's fine with me that these services are out there. Just don't talk like you are doing something so goddamned incredible because, oh shit, you made a gaming subscription service that people can uh, pay a flat fee for and that will allow them to, you know, play games over over so many uh, different screens. Now, there's still some details to come out about this. It's going to launch this fall. We know that 2019, 150 countries. There's no, no word on pricing. And yeah, I got to admit, I find this kind of weird that like Stadia did this where they'll make this announcement and they don't talk about pricing. And I'm not sure why they don't talk about pricing. I'm kind of wondering if all these like tech giants are just kind of looking at each other. Or they're looking at different, you know, kind of subscription services. Like maybe they're even looking at Netflix, which of course isn't games yet. But they look at these things and they go, all right, what are they charging? No, no, no. What are they charging? And, you know, and like they won't release pricing information until one of them does. And then they'll all start releasing pricing information like Domino's. I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't know what what the deal is there. Um, anyway, so these games for Apple Arcade are supposed to be there are going to be exclusives. OK, like there's going to be and, and they're working with a lot of different people. They're working with the guy uh, who's a, a Will Wright behind uh, SimCity, which that could, I'm sure, end up being with a very interesting game. They're working with Sega. They're working with Konami. Uh, they're working with a bunch of different companies to make exclusive games for Apple Arcade. And for them to be on Apple Arcade, they have to be exclusive. They have to only be on Apple's platform. Um, that's the deal that Apple's making. Is there is does that make sense for game dev houses to you know, to, to make that deal with the devil. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, one bit of reality is that, um, you know, app store sales are insane. I mean, they're through the roof, you know, games that release. I mean, there's so many games that released on iOS though, that don't release on Android because iOS is where the money is. 
you know, because of the, the affluent uh, Apple users, which isn't exactly true. Let me, let me assure you of that. <laughs> Most Apple users I meet aren't, aren't affluent at all. I'm not, not, I'm not making fun of them either. Like, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to not want to make a ton of money or something, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, insulting anybody by saying that I'm just saying that there is this like, uh, you know, there's this cultural meme out there that somehow Apple users have money. Um, no, <laughs> no, we've debunked that over and over again, including with, uh, like with, with, you know, Macs with Mac computers themselves with MacBooks and all that. Um, the only reason that a lot of people, a lot, you see a lot of college kids with MacBooks because their parents bought it for them. Um, and why they have MacBooks even when they graduate college, it's not because they ended up with a great job. It's because they're still using the MacBook that their parents bought for them eight years previous. You know, they just, they can't afford to get another one. And so, <laughs> so, all, you know, that, that's nonsense, but whatever the numbers are in that, that app sales are, are through the fucking roof or something. I still wonder if like Eddie Q just like sits in his office and buys apps all day, you know, to, to make that, uh, to make those numbers happen. Anyway, this, I mean, there is a list of games or a partial list of games that has come out uh, now uh, that originally wasn't out there. Again, one of those reasons I like waiting a little, sitting a little bit on the news. Um, we have Where Cards Fall, The Pathless, Lego Brawls, Lego, I mean, that's, that's I guess, kind of a big one. Hot Lava, Oceanhorn 2, Beyond a Steel Sky. That's actually a great game. Um, but wait, Beyond a Steel Sky. I thought these were supposed to be exclusive. Beyond Steel Sky is not an exclusive game at all. Maybe they're going to have exclusive features in it or something. Oh, no, maybe I'm thinking of Beneath the Steel Sky. Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mr. Turtle, Frogger in Toy Town. Okay, Frogger, that's nice. Um, there's a few different ones here. Uh, there's Sonic Racing. Um, that's, I suppose that's kind of interesting. Uh, it'll be, I mean, you can play Sonic Racing games on all kinds of uh, uh, platforms, on all kinds of consoles and whatever, but uh, I guess this will be a unique version of Sonic Racing. And, you know, I did just look into it. So Beneath the Steel Sky, this is a classic point-and-click adventure game. And, I mean, it's fucking classic from 1994. I love this game. It's an awesome, awesome game. Uh, Beyond the Steel Sky is Beneath the Steel Sky 2, which has been talked about for years. Um, but I guess it's finally going to come out. Uh, but, however, it's not going to be iOS only. Like, I, I just looked into this. It is going to come out for PC this year in 2019. Good. I mean, it's, it doesn't appear to be point-and-click. Um I'm just looking at the trailer. I, so whatever Apple's well, Apple's just bullshitting more, I guess when they say this stuff's going to be exclusive, uh, because it's not, but I, I think that was like a big reveal, uh, for, for Apple arcade. Anyway, anyway, the, the rest of the games list, I don't know, whatever the fuck these things are, who gives a shit? <laughs> so, because, you know, this just falls into the, the, what we've been talking about a lot where you're going to buy these games. You're only going to get access to them through Apple arcade. If you ever stop paying for Apple arcade, you lose your fucking games. Who the fuck in the right mind is going to sign up for that? And look, if we're talking like beyond a steel sky, that's no casual game. I just looked at it. This is, this is going to be fucking hardcore gaming. I don't get whatever I, you know, I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't get people's mindsets, you know, where, where they, they don't, I mean, I get it. Like, look, I understand having digital stuff because that way you can own things that don't take up a ton of space. Like I, I totally understand that. I get the discless world. I do not get the subscription world. I do. I just, I don't grasp it. I'm not okay with it. And look, you know, I, I mean, I do a, I do a Star Trek show on this network. Okay. I love Star Trek. I pay for CBS all access. Okay. And I pay for the version without ads, make no mistake. Okay. And I pay for it 
whether Star Trek's on that network or it's not. All right. I, I, but let me, let me assure you of something that as soon as an episode of Star Trek discovery is done and out and it's available on, on the torrents, right? I am downloading that shit instantly. Okay. Instantly, because I don't trust that streaming service. I'll pay for it. Fine. Like that's, that's what you're telling me. I, you know, that, that I should be going through blah, blah, blah. I'll be really kind about it. I'll pay the artists. Right. But you bet your fucking ass. I am not going to count on that streaming service. Not a chance to, to constantly allow me to watch the content that I want to watch. No fucking way. And so like, if you have like, why, why buy into this for games that, I mean, the, the list here, you can find the link in the show notes. The list here is, is doesn't do anything for me. I don't see anything here that, that looks that fascinating. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Whatever. I'm, I'm the wrong kind of gamer, uh, I guess. And you know, I'm not an Apple fanboy. So like when Apple comes out with something, uh, you know, my, my pants stay very dry. So whatever. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> That's Apple Arcade. It's coming. I mean, basically a lot of what these, I mean, this is a me too, you know, I don't mean hashtag me too. This is a me too product, right? Apple just knows that the only way they're going to continue to scale sales is by getting into entertainment or getting into quote unquote art. Okay. Because art is boundless in how it can make money, right? Because you don't have to innovate necessarily not, not like with hardware or something, which is what Apple's known for. And their iPhone sales have tanked dramatically. Uh, their MacBooks are getting worse by the year. As I understand it from Apple diehards who I talk to, um, it's, it's really bad. So they got to do something and this is, this is where they're going. And this is why they have that Apple net, Apple TV network, whatever that they announced that fuck that shit. Um, oh man, <laughs> I mean, it's a golden era for a lot of artists because there's so many people that like there's Apple, there's Google, there's Amazon, there's all these different companies that want exclusives so that people will get hooked onto their network. And so, you know, if you have some kind of name in the industry, they're going to pay you top dollar just to get something exclusive from you that supposedly will hook other gamers. But God damn, you know, I mean, this is the same thing with books. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. But it's the same thing like with, with books. I mean, I get it. There's new games that come out and whatever. People get excited for them. I can't grasp in PC gaming, the thing I really can't grasp, and I've talked about this before on Sovereign Tech or even on uh, the Gaming Grid. Early access games, games that are incomplete, you know they're incomplete, you pay full price for them, sometimes $60, and you, you don't know if the developer, what was that game? Planetary Annihilation or whatever the hell it was that took, I don't know, five, six, seven years to finally come out. You know, you pay full price for these games and you play them. I mean, like, well, I assume you play them. Otherwise, why buy them? You know, like, why take the risk? If, you know, just, if you just want to own the game, why not just wait until the full version comes out if you're not going to play it right away? So I assume you play them. It, you, like literally you have the time of day to play an incomplete game. There are so many, like, here's the thing beyond a steel sky, right? How many people do you think have played the original? How many people, you know, think have played uh, beneath the steel sky, uh, you know, that, that have, that have done the classic 94 and you can, it's, it's available on GOG. Actually, I, that might be one of the games you get for free. I, I don't remember if you get it for free when you, when you first sign up for it. So you don't have to pay for it. There's no reason for you not to play this fucking game. 
other than you just think it's old and so it's dumb. And if you're that kind of person, well, I guess that's the kind of person that'll jump on Apple Arcade. Um, but I mean, there's so many great games to play that are still, they still play great. And I really think we're beyond this whole thing of, well, the graphics look old, so that sucks. No, that's not true. I mean, <laughs> you have so many games, was it Zero Katana? That looks like a classic uh, game, you know, the graphics are classic and everything. You don't even need a really powerful computer to play. It's a brand new game getting great reviews. Okay. No, I don't think any, I, that's horseshit that, that people like just won't play. I mean, you could say the gaming mechanics might not be as, as modern or as intuitive or something like that. I, I don't know, but, but it's just like books, you know, there, if you are somebody who, if you're a teenager or something, I don't know, you've just gotten into really reading for yourself, not just what school is schlepping on you. There are so many books that have come out in the past, well, hell, just the past 40 years, but let's say the past 150 years that I think are way more original than any of the, the, the space marine nonsense that's coming out these days. Like, I mean, just in one genre, just in science fiction, for you to catch up on. What are you doing? Like, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you're never going to catch up. Like, and... and I can't grasp the concept that people buy stuff that is unfinished and they know it. You know, I, I can't grasp that. And also, again, I, I can't grasp that. Like, I, there's so many games that you could that you that you need to try, that you need to play, that you need to rock. You know, I mean, and they're great and they're amazing experiences that anybody and their mother can tell you about. It is not good enough to just watch somebody playing it on YouTube. And I, I just, I don't, I don't understand how people, how people spend their money these days. I just, I don't get it. Well, anyway, an interesting thing, speaking of gaming history, supposedly PlayStation 5 is trying to get in on that game uh, of, no pun intended, of, of, of gaming, uh, gaming history, but they are PlayStation or Sony is coming out with the PlayStation 5. It is not going to be discless as I understand it. And in fact, there's going to be some, I don't know what it, I saw like a headline that said there's some mysterious, I don't know, bit of heart, not hardware, because we know what's in it. There's a, in the PlayStation five, that's going to be coming out. There's a Ryzen chip, AMD. Uh, nice. There's this really blazing fast, uh, SSD that's going to be running in it. Okay. We know it's going to have a lot of backwards compatibility. I got to give Sony credit for with PlayStation, allowing you to buy like a ton of classic games. Like if you have a PS four, I think, or, uh, I, I think you can still, you can buy like a ton of PlayStation games, right? PlayStation one, like you can go back and, and buy, uh, or even PlayStation two, you can buy like Gradius five or whatever. And I mean, you know, to buy those new, uh, or not new, but buy those, uh, you know, used by the discs themselves. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's an expensive proposition for a lot of this. So, I mean, I feel like they, PlayStation is the one they're the company or Sony is the company with PlayStation that really started the backwards compatibility trend, which I think is a beautiful thing in gaming, uh, because that gives your first off, that gives your console longevity. But second off, I mean, it's respectful to the games that have come before. I think it's a beautiful thing. But anyway, we did get some details on the PlayStation 5. There's still a lot of mystery, a lot of big announcements that are supposed to come out around it. Um, they're going to have to do something pretty amazing to compete with. And Sony is going to have to do something amazing, in my opinion, to compete with Google Stadia. They're going to have to have something, you know, and it can't just be like some kind of disc exclusives or some shit like that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to put like the games on. I mean, like what Red Dead Redemption, wasn't that like like 99 gigs? It was almost like a terabyte the size of that fucking game on a hard drive. I mean... 
I, I mean, I guess I wonder if, yeah, I mean, if that's going to become the standard for games in some ways you're going to, I mean, even the largest PC hard drive to say nothing of solid state, the largest PC hard drive is, you know, well, I mean, I know that there's more than eight terabytes, but on, on the common consumer level, eight terabytes is pretty high. I know there's bigger. I know. I know. Don't, don't, don't tell me. I know you can do raid too. Don't, I, I'm not an idiot. But let's just be clear here that that, you know, putting in even an eight terabyte drive into a PlayStation five. I mean, that's going to cost you out of your ass that that's going to be a, a you know, fifteen hundred dollar system. You, you, you can't get away with that. And so you almost have to go with discs if you're not going the Google Stadia route where you're, where you're you know, really your console is just a cloud platform. So I'm curious what's going to happen with that. I mean, maybe this is a way that 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 PlayStation or, you know, that Sony responds um, you know, to, to the size of these games today. I mean, it's really crazy. I, I'm curious what's going to end up happening with this, but there is now news. We do know. I mean, it looks like, I mean, you know, understand PlayStation since the PlayStation two, or really, I, I, well, I guess since after the PlayStation two, since PlayStation three, each one of them has in very many, in very real ways been a, uh, a supercomputer in its own right. I mean, the PlayStation three, sure. Like it had very low Ram, but the processor in that thing was, is still well ahead of its time. Um, I am, I mean, and, and actually like the PlayStation two, you know, what, what made the PlayStation two, one of the biggest selling consoles in history, it wasn't the games. I mean, the games were a big part of it. Sure. But it wasn't the games. It was the fact that it was a DVD player at a time when DVD players were a hot commodity, you know, hot commodity and expensive one. And the PlayStation two wasn't as expensive and you could justify it by, Oh, I'm getting the latest gaming console and a DVD player, right? That made things really exciting. So Sony has always, I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit where it's due. I don't like to give them much, but I'll give them credit where it's due. They've always been like their consoles usually are some kind of like really hardcore innovation. Um, the PlayStation four, I don't know how necessarily innovative that was, but it did make indie gaming or indie game developers and the games from them. Uh, it did give them a very real limelight. Of course, the Nintendo switch would pick up that ball and start running with it too. Uh, but, but the PlayStation four really did that. And it was wiping the floor with the Xbox one, uh, pretty handily for a good long while. But anyway, all of the, 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 you know, the data that we have so far about the PlayStation five, this is going to be a wildly powerful machine. Um, and I, I think Sony for a long time has tried to turn the PlayStation into like a home computer, kind of like the Famicom was way back when in Japan for Nintendo. I think they've I think they've really been trying to do that over and over again since at least the PlayStation 3 they might have even attempted it with the PlayStation 2 or something. I mean PlayStations have been able to run Linux for a long time uh, by design. I mean and, and that's that there's varying reasons for that I'm not going to get into that whole history. Of course what happened with George Hotz and the PlayStation 3, you know, fuck Sony. But anyway, so I you know, I don't know if they're going to keep trying for that, but I mean, this is going to, this looks like it's going to be a very, very powerful console. Now, a lot of people are already saying it doesn't matter what place, what Sony does with the PlayStation five, this is going to be the last console you'll ever buy. Uh, I think there's some truth to that. I've talked about that. Google Stadia, I think is going to end up killing most of the consoles. It'll probably kill the PlayStation five as well, regardless of how fast it is and how powerful it is. Um, but at the same time, I'm tired of hearing that that comment that this is the last console you ever buy. They said that about the PlayStation four. They said that about the PlayStation three. I mean like this, that it's like, it's the most boring hot take in the world is that this is the last console you ever buy. I'm not going to say that it, it won't happen this time. 
Um, but it's not like this will be the last console you'll buy and then Sony will come out with something else. It's no, another upstart or a, you know, not a startup, but an upstart like, like Google is going to come in with Stadia and is going to wipe, you know, wipe the floor with you and is going to make it, you know, or I mean, I don't think Apple Arcade's going to end up doing it, but, uh, I, I really, I don't trust Google Stadia, but at the same time I do, you know, as I said in the previous episode of the gaming grid, when we were talking about it, um, this is the pun intended and literal game changer, you know, and, and every, you got to do something. And I, I think it makes sense that the PlayStation five is trying to be a supercomputer because otherwise I don't know how you're, you're not going to impress anybody, you know, any other way. And you're not going to stand out in any other way because Google Stadia effectively kills the ability to stand out. Um, so, well, anyway, we'll see what ends up happening with the PlayStation 5. We'll keep an eye on that on the gaming grid. Uh, am I going to end up buying one? No, <laughs> not, not a fucking chance. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not interested uh, at all, you know, and, and part of it is because a lot of modern games, I don't like the microtransactions. I don't like, I mean, there's so many things I don't like about them. Um, and I also still have tons of classic games that I want to enjoy games that have come out over, you know, throughout gaming history that I know I haven't played and I want to play those and I want to appreciate those. Um, and honestly, if, you know, like fortunately those classic games, you can still play today, right? Like they've, they've been re-released or they didn't have some kind of, uh, fee structure built into them that makes, or server structure that makes them, uh, unable to play any, you know, in the future. And look, if some of these games, you know, Red Dead Redemption or whatever, I'm not able to play in, you know, 20 years later, then good. I never wanted to play it in the first place. You know, if you're not making art to last, fuck you. I, I, I just, I'm not, I don't care. You know, I, I, I really, really don't care. I'll give you my money when I know what I buy is, is something that if I take care of it well enough, okay, or if I can, or where I can build the software to do it or, you know, use it, whatever, like, you know, like an emulator or something, as long as I can take care of it and as, or, you know, that I, I, whatever. Okay. When I know that when I put the money down, it's something that can last as long as I do my due diligence, I'll give you my money. If it's not, if it's something I know is going to, could be yanked away from me at any given moment, it, regardless of how much I take care of it or whatever, I, I just, I don't want it. I, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I, I really don't, you know, I mean, that's, is it your hard earned dollar or not? Okay. Then you, and if is money a medium of exchange, well then give me something in return, not a half shovel, right? <laughs> Anyway, one of the recent trends that has really bucked um, everything that I'm talking about here uh, is the retro consoles, of course, uh, which really got kicked off. Not that there weren't ones before. Of course, you can think of the Atari Flashback and some other ones. Um, but the the NES Classic or the NES Classic or the NES Mini, depending upon what part of the world you're in, uh, really kicked this off to where, okay, you, you know, you release a system that, you know, has basically runs Linux, <laughs> has like 30 some odd games on it or something. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and it doesn't connect to the internet. You just plug it in with, you know, to an HDMI port and a USB port and away you go. And it, and it plays on any modern TV. Um, these, I, I'm wildly supportive of these, most of them, uh, some of them, I, I, 
I felt are kind of ridiculous, uh, including, well, what we were just talking about, the PlayStation Classic was a complete flub. Uh, and I mean, just a totally missed opportunity. Sony completely dropped the ball on that. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure why. Someday we'll figure out what the hell the history is behind, uh, you know, the gaming historian. We'll do something about the PlayStation Classic and we'll maybe find out the reality of why that just failed and, and sucked so hard. Um, I don't care if you can hack it. I don't care release out of the box, plug it in. That's the whole point of these things is that you don't have to get nitty gritty with them. It should be just like the old days where you popped in the cartridge and away you went and you had a great time. And that cartridge will last you, you know, 50 years. Okay. I mean, yeah. Hack them. Sure. Hack them. I hack mine. That, that That's fine. But that's not what this is supposed to be about. Okay. So anyway, uh, the retro consoles, which have been all the, all the rage and all the craze, and maybe the craze has died, died down a little bit. Um, because I, I kind of wonder what sales look like for a recently announced, finally Sega came out. Of course, they announced it last year and it was supposed to come out last year, but Sega uh, extended it. And we are finally getting the Sega Genesis Mini or the Mega Drive Mini, depending upon what part of the world you're in. I will call it the Genesis. Um, the Sega Genesis uh, Mini is a system, I think it's going to have 40 games. It's coming out September 19th, 2019. Goes for 80 bucks has two controllers on it. And I think the controllers are only the three button controllers, uh, if I remember correctly, which that does kind of like the PlayStation one where it didn't come with DualShock. I do feel like that very much lessens. Yeah, it is the three button controller. It very much points at some games aren't going to be on there because some of the games required the six button controller uh, that the Genesis would later come out with. Now, does this mean that there's going to be a Sega Genesis mini two? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but also, I mean, one of the nice things is, is that actually the controller ports are just USB ports, kind of like on the C64 mini on the Commodore 64 mini, which, uh, I still stand tall as saying is the best, uh, retro console to get released to date. And I don't think anything else is even better than the Neo Geo mini. And I like that. Uh, I, I really think this is going to end up standing tall as far as all that goes. Um, anyway, so you could, I suppose, technically plug in any controller that you want um, into that. And 40 games, like I said, we do have somewhat of a list of the games. In fact, just uh, just before this was getting recorded, there was a list of 10 more games uh, coming out for this. And again, you are getting two controllers for that 80 bucks, which not every one of these consoles had come out with two controllers. Uh, but let's go down the list of games available on this. And there's Earthworm Jim. That's a great, great game. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, of course, another great game. Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Phenomenal game. Uh, World of Illusion, which also stars Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Another phenomenal game. Contra Hardcore. Fantastic. Uh, Streets of Rage 2, one of the greatest games of all time. Only thing is, is that Streets of Rage 2... You can get that for PC. There's been like a modded version of that, uh, like Streets of, I, I think it's called like Streets of Rage Remake, that is up to like version five. And that, when you get used to playing that, fuck, you never want to go back. Um, but, but Streets of Rage 2 is just a necessity to have on here. Uh, Thunder Force 3, fantastic. Super Fantasy Zone, fantastic. Shinobi 3, absolute classic. Landstalker, not familiar with that one. I couldn't tell you. Echo the Dolphin, totally necessary. One of the best games ever made. Um, Castlevania bloodlines. That's, that's one worth putting on there. Totally. Uh, it's a widely ignored Castlevania game. Um, there is a Castlevania anthology coming out actually, I think for most modern consoles, including switch, I think that comes out in may, uh, B bloodlines is on there. Some of these games also, you could end up like getting on the eShop for like, say the 3ds, but 
uh, because Sega, you know, made deals with that. And some of these have even been, I think some of these have been re-released with Sega Ages, um, which is probably best on the Switch. Um, so anyway, but th- this is this is a good list so far. Let's keep going. Space Harrier 2. I love the Space Harrier series. Shining Force, of course. Uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I get that this game is fun, but I think this gets included on so many collections. I think it's a colossal waste of fucking time, but that's just me. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl. They've had a bit of a resurgence lately. Makes sense to put them on there. Comic Zone, totally necessary. Hard as fuck game, but still so cool. Someday we got to get a Comic Zone 2 because I still think the idea of like your character actually fighting within a comic book itself, like as in you have to jump through the pages and all that, I still think that's such a unique concept that they didn't do enough with. I really, really hope we we get a sequel to sequel to that someday. But I mean, that game is a pain in the ass, no doubt. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog one, of course, that makes sense. Uh, Altered Beast, another one that makes sense, and Gunstar Heroes, another one that makes perfect, perfect sense. Um, so a pretty good list of twenty so far. We have twenty to go. Um, I would expect to see Fantasy Star games on there. I think if Fantasy Fantasy Star four is on there, that would almost get me to buy this. Because that game was a big deal, and it was a big game, especially at the time. Um, I'd be pretty tempted. Uh, Vector Man, you know, the Vector Man games will probably be on there. You'll probably get some more Sonic games of some kind. Uh, I would, I'll I'll tell you, I would really, really, I know it's not going to happen. There are two games out there, though, that if they were on this, and I just, I can't believe they'd be able to do it because they'd have to go through a bunch of copyright horseshit. There's two games that if they were on this, I would buy it because right now, you know, I had said previously over the years, past couple of years, I was like, yeah, I'll buy every retro console that comes out. The place, the, the PlayStation classic totally tempered that attitude where no, I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> we have another retro console to talk about that. I am going to buy, uh, like day one. Okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll save that for, for a minute here. But the, the Genesis Mini, I mean, part of it is, is that there are really, like the Sega Ages versions of some of these games are far better than the originals that are on Switch. Uh, by the way, there is going to be, we finally, I, I, I told you, I said when they come out with a new Switch, I'll jump on it. They're supposed to, it, it apparently is, according to Nikkei, it is a fact that this fall there's going to be a more portable version of the Switch. Um, I will jump on that. I, I, I will definitely do that. And, and because there's so many, so much cool shit getting announced for the switch, you just, you gotta be on board with it. So anyway, you know, and, and Satan bless Nintendo. I love that company. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, where, where was I with this? <laughs> right. Okay. So, so the, the Sega games, um, some of these, like I have rebought so many, so many, so many, so many, so many times. And sometimes there are superior versions for the feature set that they offer, uh, much like a lot of the Sega re-releases for the Nintendo 3DS. And I have a ton of them, including Shinobi 3. Uh, I just, it's, it's not, it's not enough to, for, for the Sega classics to be there when, again, you can play versions of them that have been improved over time and more. This is the same argument for, like why I think the Nintendo, the Nintendo 64 classic or Nintendo 64 mini will probably never, or I don't think I'm not going to say it'll never happen, but it probably won't happen. And part of that is, is that the, the classic N64 games, uh, you know, Mario 64, um, Star Fox 64, go down the list of them. Most of the classics, not all, 
you know, you still got Perfect Dark, Donkey Kong 64, things like this, uh, have been so improved over the years with new versions like Star Fox 64 3DS or uh, Mario 64 DS, where there's like a ton of different characters you can play with and there's other parts that have been fixed with it and everything. Like, or I mean, there's, there's, just, there's a laundry list of N64 games that have been improved over the years significantly or the versions of, you know, uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, you know, those were wildly improved for the 3DS and the 3DS specifically. That I can't go back to playing the N64 versions because I've gotten so used to all the new features and everything. There's just, there's not a point. And so same thing with a lot of these games uh, on Genesis is that there have been improved versions of these games and I don't want to go back, you know? And there's no announcement whatsoever that they're releasing the improved versions on here. In fact, I'd argue that would defeat the purpose of it, okay? So I'm not really excited about this one. But two games, I kept teasing this, two games that if they were on there, I would buy it, okay? And that is, one is X-Men for Sega Genesis and the original Jurassic Park for Sega Genesis. If those two games are on there, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice, you know? Uh, And I mean, credit to Sega for allowing for pre-orders because, and I'm guessing they're doing that so they know how many to make because they can't afford to, like, you know, make a certain stock of them, uh, much like Nintendo did, perhaps. And there's a point where probably they'll, you know, they'll know, okay, this is how many pre-orders we have, we'll make those, and then we'll do, like, an additional 200000 or something like that. That's probably what's going to end up happening with it. Um, but, I mean, you can pre-order it right now. Uh, again, I, I, kudos to them for even allowing for the pre-orders. Of course, the Neo Geo mini and the C64 mini both allowed for that as well. Uh, and so actually the, the PlayStation classic did too. I had pre-ordered the PlayStation classic and then I, I canceled that as soon as, you know, time got closer, but anyway, there's just, there's the next 20 games would have to be so incredible and would have to include, uh, I mean, here's the problem is that X-Men's owned by, you know, by Marvel. Now, I mean, there's Disney games on here. So it's not like they, they haven't made deals with Disney, I suppose. Or maybe that's because, do those, I think, were those, were those games made by Capcom? Maybe Capcom owns the rights. I don't know. But they'd have to make those deals. And I think it would be a little harder, especially the Jurassic Park one, because who the fuck owns that? Uh, but, I mean, like, the original Jurassic Park game for Genesis was awesome. And the reason it was awesome, it's a platformer, Sure. But it lets you be the Velociraptor. That was so great. I mean, you can be the human too, but but it, but if you you know chose it, you could be the Velociraptor. That was so awesome. Uh, another game I'd love to see is uh, RoboCop versus Terminator. That that would be really nice. I mean, I, I have a dream list of, of Genesis games because I loved my Genesis. Uh, Mortal Kombat I think should be an easy easy inclusion on this. Um, it was almost an insult that it wasn't on the SNES classic. I understand why it wasn't because Nintendo doesn't need to do third party deals. They can just release their games and they're guaranteed to do a shit ton of money because they're some of the greatest games ever made. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of third party games that Genesis, that the Genesis mini would really need to have on it, I think to make it worthwhile. Um, so, but that's just some on, or just a couple off of my list, uh, that I would like to have, uh, included here and a shame that we can't get 32 X or Sega CD games here. That could have made it all the more interesting. Um, you could have started putting some star Wars games on there at that point, uh, which like, um, uh, not, not rogue leader. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, what was that? 
Rebel Assault 1, right? I mean, not that it like plays great today. I think Rebel Assault 2 is one of the best Star Wars games ever made. But Rebel Assault 1, which came out for the Sega CD, eh. And then you had Star Wars Arcade for, um, you know, for the 32X. Eh, you know, I mean, I got it. Like, it, it, I thought it was fun, but also, yeah, anyway. So kind of a shame that you're not really getting the entirety of what the Sega Genesis era offered, because I thought there was some, you know, Willie Beamish. Uh, I mean, there, there's some really, when you get into the add-on games, there was some really interesting shit uh, being done with uh, with a lot of that. Or hell, put Night Trap on there, right? Let's do some Night Trap, even though you can get Night Trap on just about anything now, even on a Nintendo console. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see what ends up, uh, <laughs> we'll see what they, the next 20 games are. Maybe at some point that'll that'll interest me, but... Uh, of course, maybe they're also basing what 20 games they can get based upon the pre-sale numbers, uh, or, you know, pre-orders. I just can't imagine those pre-orders are that good. I can't imagine that many people are, are really, uh, really talking about that. And it's amazing the amount of classic collections coming out for, you know, modern consoles, Switch or PlayStation 4 or whatever. Uh, even like, uh, there's the arcade classics anniversary collection from Konami. That looks amazing, right? You got Life Force on there. Just some of the greatest games, in my opinion, also ever made. A lot of good shmups. Um, but anyway, so why don't we talk about, why don't we switch from that? We'll see, again, we'll keep an eye on the on the, the Sega Genesis Mini uh, news I, this next thing, I did not see coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. I don't think anybody expected something like this to end up getting released. I think this is beautiful. This is wonderful. And a part of me wishes I knew it was coming because it could have saved me a lot of money. (laughs) Though this is going to come at a premium price, but I think it's worth it. Uh, And what we have here is the Capcom Home Arcade, and it is a retro console. It looks unlike any other retro console, and it is probably, to date, the most expensive retro console of the bunch. And it is not very mini. At least it doesn't appear to be by the first designs. Basically what we have here, it's Capcom, okay, that's in the name. Arcade is in the name. That means that they're bringing home, you know, Capcom Home Arcade, they're bringing home classic Capcom arcade games to a retro console, okay? Here's the thing. To give you that full arcade experience, it is basically a two stick, like our arcade, uh, it, it, it's laid out. It says the word Capcom. So just picture an arcade stick controller that like that you can buy for your house. Okay. I, I have some of these and, but it's, it, it's a double stick one. So two people can play it and it tops out at two, which that's kind of unfortunate because some of the games on this list that are going to be built into the system allowed for four. And so, I don't know, maybe they'll allow for you to, I don't know, there might be USB ports or something on it where you could add on other arcade sticks. Then I'd feel a little bit better about this because, look, some of the reasons I've bought professional arcade sticks in the past was to play uh, Capcom, you know, games, Capcom arcade games on uh, MAME, you know, on, on an emulator, on a computer. So if I could add on to that, that, that'd be pretty nice. But it's it's this, you know, just picture this flat piece and it's the console and the joysticks and everything in one piece. And the whole piece just spells out Capcom. I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's a little blatant, you know, and, and it's not exactly stylistic. I don't think it has like, it doesn't win on style points, but it gets the fucking point across. <laughs> That's for sure. Of course, maybe they'll change their mind. Um, but this is going to set you back about $200. Uh, and it is going to come out this October, October 25th, 2019. Um, this is necessary. 
Half the reason I bother setting up MAME at any given point is to play Capcom games. You know, if it wasn't Capcom games, it would be for Neo Geo games, which now that we have the Neo Geo Mini, don't need MAME for that. Uh, and, you know, there is the advantage with these retro consoles is that they're just plug and play. You plug them in and away you go. There's no setting up, okay, what button is uh, handles coins? You know, what key handles uh, player one and player two? There's none of that setup. All right. And, and I like that ease. And also I like the fact that these things don't, aren't on a machine that connects to the internet. Yeah. I can put it on a Raspberry Pi. that's not connected to you. Blah, 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 blah. Give me a break. So <laughs> we've, we've, believe me, you're not saying anything original. Everybody's already heard it. Obviously we're into these things for a multitude of reasons. Um, but yeah, so a lot of buttons on these, on these sticks. Uh, and again, it's one single piece. So you're going to have to get right close to that person, just like you did, uh, you know, at the arcade. I like that. I really like that. I could see the advantage where if you could split it and again, the design's not finalized, I don't think, but it'd be nice if they could split it and you know, the two people could sit whatever over somewhere else, but then also having a solid piece that you work off of. And that's probably pretty hefty, uh, allows you to get pretty crazy with the joystick and the buttons as well. So very, very, again, very excited for this. The, the other thing too, though, is that I hope it's easily, uh, it's easy to disassemble, because if you play arcade games like I do, you know how bad you wreck those sticks and you know how bad you wreck those buttons. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're wearing them out in, in pretty short order. And another one of the attractions to these retro consoles is the idea that they are self-contained, don't require firmware updates or anything like that. I mean, the C64 allows for it, but that's kind of a unique case. Um, you know, C64 mini, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the fact that it looks like something that you could, as long as it can power on, you could play it basically forever and, or, you know, essentially not, not literally, but essentially, and that's, that's a major attraction to this. And so I, yeah, I, I kind of hope that that, that all that's allowed. I don't see any reason in the design why it couldn't be, uh, but 200 bucks. I mean, that's a, that's a bit steep. And I think that you're not going to get everybody on board with this, but then I think the Neo Geo mini did fairly well. And that was at the time, the most expensive of the bunch, uh, clocking in at over a hundred dollars. Uh, but you know, if you know that you want Neo Geo, like you're, you know, that it's worth it to pay that amount for this. And I think it's the same with these games where if you know, uh, that, you know, you know, you want these games, you're willing to, to shell out for it. So let's talk about, uh, the game list. Uh, it says now an interesting thing. And I wonder about this is that it says 16 games pre-installed. That's the wording from, from Capcom. Okay. And saying pre-installed kind of implies that you could install other games later. Kind of, I'm not saying that it's going to be, that's going to be the case, but this is something that a lot of people with these retro consoles have been arguing for, like allow for, you know, flashcards or cartridges of some kind or whatever, to be able to get inserted in these things with maybe like with a new game pack. Uh, like a lot of people wanted that for the Sega Genesis mini, where you could like, maybe it would have a cartridge slot at the top where you could put in what is effectively a thumb drive, you know, a, a flash drive of some kind that would have, you know, another 40 games that you could buy next year or something like that. I, I agree. I think that would be great. I would love it if, uh, Capcom did this because there's a, there's a couple, there's a few games actually that aren't on this list that I think would be really cool. Uh, if, if Capcom allowed for it to get installed later, or maybe they'll change their mind and they'll add some more as time goes on. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the 16 games, um, that they have there. 
And this is going through, this is an emulator, but it's a really solid emulator that they're using for it. But let's, let's go through the games list. This is what really matters, right? 1944, the Loopmaster. Uh, this is from the classic 1941 or 1943, whichever one came first. I always get confused which one does. Uh, great addition to have here, you know, classic overhead shmup uh, the series. And 1944 is a fantastic one to have on there to represent that series. Uh, one of the more advanced entries in it. Uh, so I, I'm totally on board with that. That's great. The second game is what sold me. If it didn't have this, I probably wouldn't buy it. But I think this is, I put this maybe in my top three games of all time. And I'll tell you my top three games. Um, the, well, anyway, let me tell you what game it is here. Alien versus Predator. If you never played this in arcades, and this, this is the part where, like, fuck, I wish it was four players. Uh, but instead of just two that are available on the board. But Alien versus Predator is this really cool, uh, I mean, it, it plays kind of like Streets of Rage, if you're familiar with that, okay? You know, it's a beat-em-up. And you get your choice of either two different types of Predators. There's uh, Warrior and Hunter, I think, are the two types. And then you can replay, or you can play as actually Arnold's character. You can play as Dutch. Um, and then there's a, uh, a female character, which is really, I mean, it's all really cool. Uh, and you're just going, you know, after score after score of Xenomorphs. Uh, I love this game. I mean, I fucking love this game. I, I, I think it's, it's brilliant. It's one of my favorite games when it was the thing in arcades. I put so many quarters into this game. I can't even tell you between this and turtles in time. I mean, I was just lobbing quarters at those machines, uh, or that and virtual fighter as well. But anyway, so my favorite three games, just to, just to put that out there are I would pro safely say uh, TIE Fighter is at the top of that list. Star Wars TIE Fighter, of course, for PC. SmackDown 2, which was on the PlayStation 1. And then then Alien vs. Predator, the arcade game, would because there's been a bunch of different versions of Alien vs. Predator, but the, the beat-em-up for the arcade is, in my opinion, the best one. Uh, those would probably be my top three games right there. Uh, and fuck, I love this game. So I want that for this alone, because that's the whole reason I got a lot of joysticks was to play Alien vs. Predator, uh, along with some other ones, uh, some other games, which we'll, we'll talk about as we go down this list. Uh, the next one, Armored Warriors, okay? Uh, Capcom Sports Club, sure. Captain Commando, yeah, that's a classic. Uh, Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness, another, I mean, these are all classics. Uh, Darkstalkers, The Night Warriors, great entry to put in here. Great, great game to, to put in there. Excellent 2D fighter. Uh, Eco Fighters, another great, great one. Uh, Final Fight, of course. Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, considered one of the hardest games ever. Nice addition to put in here. Uh, Giga Wing, yep, yeah, right on. Uh, Super or Street Fighter 2, Hyper Fighting, no brainer. Of course, you're going to put in a Street Fighter game in a Capcom home arcade. I mean, why not? Uh, Mega Man, the power battle. Woo. There's a hot one. Uh, pro gear strider. Very nice addition. Big fan of that. And super puzzle fighter Two turbo. So not a bad list at all. A little tough to justify $200 for, you know, for only 16 games. And for, and some of these, while they're all great, some of them, I don't think, uh, necessarily translate to the home experience so much. I really am willing to have a plug and play system for alien versus predator because I never get tired of that game. Okay. Uh, the ones that I wish were on here that would sweeten the pot for me, maybe because it's using an emulator, maybe they could just put, you know, put a little USB port on there or an SD card slot and let us sideload games kind of like the C64 mini does. If it does that dynamite, but then what format? Well, no, we, we know because of the emulator, we know what format it would play them in. Anyway, 
the two games that I really wish were on here uh, were Knights of the Round. I really enjoyed Knights of the Round. The Super Nintendo version of that's great too. Uh, but Knights of the Round I would want on here. And then I'd also, um, I would love, love, love to have uh, Captain America and the Avengers. This is back before, you know, Marvel became the horseshit that it is today. Uh, this is a game from the 90s. Actually, that's a game that also could be on the Genesis Mini that I would, I would, that would tempt me to get the Genesis mini. Um, this is a, a beat up much like alien versus predator. Uh, I enjoy the hell out of this game, even though, I mean, it's, it's a little, it's not, I don't want to call it easy, but when quarters don't matter, I mean, this is true for a lot of arcade games. When, when quarters don't matter, some of these games are, you know, pretty easy to get through, uh, <laughs> or at least they, they don't cost a ton of money and they just take a, you know, you're done with them inside of a couple hours often enough. Um, but I, I really like, you had vision in that you had Iron Man and you had Captain America and you had uh, Hawkeye, if I remember correctly. And it's, it's a really, I mean, it's just so cool to like be throwing cap shield, you know, or to be, I mean, at the time in the nineties, when that game came out, uh, again, being able to do anything with Iron Man, if Iron Man was your favorite comic book character, there wasn't a whole lot for you out there. There were Captain America games, there was X-Men games up the ass, uh, you know, Children of the Atom, that'd be another nice addition. I think that was a Capcom game. That would be really cool to have on here. Some of the X-Men fighters. Uh, I'd love it if they made a deal with Marvel to allow for that. But anyway, they made some great, some of those great games back then. Um, but you, you had those, but like to play as Iron Man, who back then, now you know, I don't want to touch Iron Man. I don't care about it because everybody acts like they're a big Iron Man fan and the Iron Man's the greatest thing since sliced bread, which nobody thought that 20 years ago. Nobody thought that. And he didn't even have a comic book for fuck's sake for a while because it wasn't selling, you know? So I, I just, I, I, yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> I hate that. Uh, so, but at the time it was like the only way to get in some Iron Man action. And I was like, oh, well, fuck, I'll, I'll take that, you know? And, uh, and it was so cool. It's it such a, such a fun game. Another one where you could have had four players, right? But anyway, um, I, I would love for those games to appear on this or somehow give you the ability to add them on. I'm sure there's going to be a way to hack it. I think that it should be available without having to hack it. You know, I, I'm very technically inclined. Obviously, it's not like it's a problem for me to do these sorts of things. Um, there is some risk, of course, anytime that you do that where you could brick these devices. But, uh, you know, and, and for 200 bucks... You know, you might not want to just brick that thing. Uh, best thing you could do is buy it on Amazon. And if, <laughs> you know, and if you fuck it up, uh, you just return it and say, oh, yeah, this one failed. Send me another. <laughs> so there's an argument for buying them on Amazon, I guess. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm very, very excited for for this one. Uh, I don't think it will it will not beat out uh, the C64 Mini in my opinion, because the C64 mini is so much more than just a retro console. It's also a very real computer. Uh, so it won't top that, but this could end up taking the number two spot in my heart as far as, uh, my favorite retro consoles released to date. Um, right now, I mean, the Neo Geo mini stands like right underneath, um, uh, the C64 mini. So, but this could definitely take top spot. I mean, alien versus predator alone. It's just one of those games, you know? I mean, and it's one of those, like, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of depth. Again, you can just, it, I think it has great replayability. Um, it, it doesn't, what, what was, there's Dungeons and Dragons games that actually would be really great to include on this too that I think Capcom made. But anyway, what I was going to say was, is that if somebody released a, just a box, and I've cracked jokes about this called the TIE Fighter box, where it was just a box that you plugged into, a t you know, whatever, a monitor TV that allowed you to play TIE Fighter on it. 
Um, would I spend two hundred dollars on a uh, you know piece of hardware with only one game, but it's the greatest game ever made? Fuck yes, I would. <laughs> like, without without question. Uh, so that again, that almost makes this viable. And having like that real arcade home experience, uh, yeah, it's tempting. So we'll we'll keep an eye on this one as well. Uh, there was some questions as to whether or not Capcom was. Uh, getting the rights for the emulator or whatever. I'm not really interested in any of that kind of conversation, uh, even though Sony flubbed that one as well, right? Because they're using EPSXE uh, and they, you know, didn't give credit to anybody for that, which is, I think, terrible. Uh, Capcom doesn't seem to be going through that situation, but anyway, regardless, this looks pretty cool. So this is one, I mean, and if you've never played any of those other games, it's even more attractive, I think, to get your hands on because those are gorgeous, gorgeous games. And you know, or, well, we don't know, but I'm going to guess that the hardware itself, the joysticks, the controls and everything are going to be really rock solid, especially for that price. Um, I expect that. So anyway, very excited for the Capcom Home Arcade. So we get to end this on a high note. Um, and uh, anyway, well, we'll return next month with uh, the gaming grid or if something really, really exciting happens. Um, maybe I'll do a little supplemental episode. So anyway, uh, new name, same show, the gaming grid. I'm Brian Sovereign and I will see all of you whoo, on the other side. Game over.